0: So just before Nate speaks, I just wanna celebrate some things that have gone on in the last few days. Uh, So cool. First of all, do you enjoy that Brady Bunch worship, right? Wasn't that fun to have everybody in their corner and everybody worshiping from different parts of, of the county, basically from their own living rooms? Uh, pretty cool, and that we can all be the body of Christ worshiping that way. I think I was over in the corner here, so I would have been Greg, right, uh, and the Brady Bunch. But how how fun that is. I, I heard so many great responses from last week, even the online gathering, Nate. It was really fun. Awesome. Um, the global sent in a picture of them watching online. There with their family and their pets and all of that. I heard one person say it was the best church they had never been to. (laughs) (laughs) So pretty fun, uh, great stuff. Matter of fact, I had a couple responses. One family sent me a, a text almost immediately And they said their son had received Jesus at the end of the gathering. Another family said the same thing. They had a great time with their kids, got to pray with them. And then uh, to top it off, there was a gentleman that said, hey, I really want to lean into my faith. I want to start serving the Lord and be the the head of my household. And um, he even sent in his first tithe check online and said, I'm just making some big um, changes in my life. So those are some great responses from doing church just the way we're doing it. online here today and so I'm so glad all of you have joined us and uh, thank you for again being here um, just a couple other things I, I just want to say about what's been going on. A lot of great Samaritans, uh, one gentleman showed a picture. He's got this law firm and he set up toilet paper for free. Anybody could come by. I mean, that's a good Samaritan, right? <laughs> and, uh, and then we saw some sidewalk chalk. Kids with their parents going out and sharing just the good news on their sidewalk, yeah. Nate. I think you saw that.
1: Yeah, just leaving a message for neighbors walking by, just trying to encourage people and give a little hope. Yeah. Um, there's so many ways that we can be an encouragement even though we can't be together. Right, for so
0: sure. So so on Monday it all started all over and Bethel Church we were making snickerdoodles and here they are um, already making food for this next week and then of course we have to separate them to have social distancing so <laughs> they all had to be packaged separately now and so we're being really careful so it's actually a little bit more work but what a great body we serve. And then on Tuesday we had our, our lunches and there's the team serving to-go lunches as the people came through, keeping social distance, and then Tuesday night, we're also serving dinners, Tuesday dinners, Bucota, Centralia, and people are coming by to get their to-go dinners. What an amazing, amazing team, I'm so proud of them. And then comes Friday night, and what a team that assembled, and everybody's practicing social distancing, but we're putting together these food boxes, all the good stuff in food boxes, our favorite stuff, mac and cheese, peanut butter, tuna, who doesn't like those things? And they're putting them into those boxes, and then they prayed over them for whoever would be uh, receiving one of those that Jesus would be just felt. And sure enough, Saturday morning, uh, people showed up to collect those boxes, but one of the new things that happened, Nate, a group of young people, a family, went out to Home Depot, bought a bunch of flowers, Mm. attached (laughs) scriptures to it, Romans 15, 13, that talks about the hope of Jesus, and they attached Mm. it to these flowers, and they delivered over 100, I don't know, 130 of these uh, boxes of food to different people, Different apartments, and I got to be there just to watch and pray with people from a distance. But God's people are still doing some amazing things, uh, even when we're separate. So I want to say thank you, thank you, first of all, for all of you who are giving. Uh, as uh, many of you are sending in these envelopes, thank you for that. That you still remember the kingdom, and 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 Jesus said to love the people of our communities. Thanks for for doing that, but even better for you that are giving online, thank you for that. That's easier, it's actually simpler, and it's faster. You don't have to wait for a middleman like the postman to to bring it. So thank you for doing that. Many of you are switching over, and that really helps the kingdom to go forward. And I wanna just pray, and I'm gonna ask Nate to pray, for some of you that have been affected by maybe being laid off, Uh, you're drawing unemployment, or you have no employment, I want us to pray for you and i also want to pray nate for those who are giving and you're continuing to sacrifice for the Mm -hmm. kingdom of god even in uncertain times um god is you're
1: you're just trusting him to be your provider so nate would you mind lead us today yeah father we thank you so much for all you're doing and we look around our community and our our world and we we don't have all the answers but we know that you're still in control Um, And so I thank you, God, that we can trust you. and, And even in things like our finances, when we don't have an answer, we know that you still have provision for us. And God, I thank you for the many ways that we can help people in need. And God, I pray that you would continue to just birth generosity in our church family um, through yes. their giving and through just yes. reaching out to neighbors and family members. God, would you use this time to just stir us, um, help us to be better stewards of the resources that we have. Yes. God, we have so much and we, we wanna share it as many ways as we can. And so God, I pray that you would just bless those who are giving. And God, for those who are coming into a season of difficulty, um, God, I pray one, that they would see your hand of provision yeah. Um, when they have need, that, it would, that you would show, um, show them your abundance, God. And I pray for our church family as well that we could reach out and that we could um, share, um, just like the church in Acts, mm. God, that it would be something that we've never seen before um, in our lifetime, but God, that we would be the church. And so I just thank you for that and for all that you're doing and pray that you would continue to just draw us closer to you uh, in all that you're doing in our lives. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen, amen. Well, thank you, Nate. He's gonna bring a great message today from Psalms
0: 23. I hope you got your Bibles out or your online Bible turned on. And make sure you got your communion ready to go because we're gonna do that at the end of today. Hey, by the way, if you take a great picture of something going on, you see something great happening, share it with us. Would you do that? I put it on Facebook, post it. We're just excited to see how God is using the church. We uh, look so much better outside the doors than we do inside these doors. The church has left the building. Mm -hmm literally and uh, but we're still the church god bless you uh psalms 23 pastor nate
1: take it away yeah you bet well welcome you know we are in uncharted territory and uh you know as we just just look over the last week the last couple weeks here in lewis county things have continued to just change and we've been impacted um, all across the board, and I think by now every single person has been impacted in one way or another by this whole pandemic. And um, you know, as it's as it's continuing to unfold, we don't we don't have all the answers. We've never gone through this before. Uh, we've never um, taken the church out of the building like this before. But there's so much excitement in, um, from my perspective as to what God can continue to do in our church family. Um, And I'm just so thrilled to hear those stories that Pastor Kyle was just sharing. But um, just different ways that even though we can't maybe you can't go give your neighbor a hug, just ways of checking in and things like that. and it's made me really excited. Um, and I know that that's kind of a strange emotion uh, to feel in the midst of something as difficult as this, but I've been excited and I've been excited to get to share with you this morning um, as just what god's laying on our on my heart. and you know we've taken a little bit of a break from our Acts series, which we had been start, which we started at the beginning of 2020. Um, but with everything that's going on, we just felt like we, we kind of wanted to shift gears. And so we've, we've jumped into Psalm 23. But I couldn't help but feel in the midst of, of this whole thing that God was providing the church an opportunity to care for one another, to be a beacon of hope and love in this world because we desperately need it. Our community desperately needs it. People, and, and as this thing continues to go forward, people are going to need it even more, that we could be that beacon um, just something as simple as sidewalk chalk. It just lights somebody's day and reminds them, hey, we're going to get through this, and, and we want to yeah, yeah. be um, the light in our community and in our world. And, and it's, it's a historic time. Um, kids, if you're watching this, um, you're experiencing something that every kid on the planet has always dreamed about. Maybe not, not in this extreme, but to have school canceled. Um, we've never seen anything like this. We've got school canceled. We have um, sporting events canceled. We have um, travel shut down. We have churches not allowed to gather. People can't have funerals and weddings. It's something that, it's historic. We've never seen anything like this. Um, and so I challenge you to to write, take, take a journal, write um, uh, remember what's going on because this is going to be something we're going to look back on. I think it's going to it's going to obviously change our lives. We're not going to just go right back to the way things were, um, but it's going to be something that we're going to remember. It's going to mark a generation, if you will, just kind of like my generation was marked by September 11th, and I think this generation is going to be marked by by this whole quarantine of 2020 and and this pandemic. But you know, I'm praying um, that that the church, especially for the church as, as a pastor, especially that the church, we wouldn't be able to just settle right back into the way things have always been, but that God would use this to to move us in a new way. Uh, and, and so as we've been studying Acts, I kept thinking and feeling like, you know, our life is so different now than it was for them, uh, way back at the beginning of the church. And we aren't forced, we weren't forced to care for our brothers and sisters the way that the early church was. Uh, we, we don't uh, we don't hardly even know some of the people that come to our church, let alone know their needs and care for them. And and this is going to push us in a new way. The early church was selling property and bringing excess to share with those in need. And our our community hadn't been forced to rely on God for provision in quite the same way. Here we are. We're in a new, a new season where we're going to see needs in a new way. And I'm, my prayer is that it wouldn't get to the point that it depresses the church, but that out of joy and generosity we could continue to love one another and that the world around us would take note. Because um, when things are shaken, then people are start to wonder what is going on. And you know, a few weeks ago we read the passage in Acts that talks about as the apostles were, were um, let loose to go back, they, they met together and they prayed and, and the, it says that the place that they met in was shaken. And then they were filled with the Holy Spirit and they continued to speak the word of God with boldness. That God literally shook the building that they were meeting in. And I asked this question and I felt this kind of press on my heart at that moment. Do we need God to shake us? Do we need God to shake us? And in a sense, that's what's happening. Our world is being shaken right now. All around the globe, people are are thinking about things differently and they're being forced to. Um, you know, I, I knew something was was happening when a few weeks ago, friends of mine up in Kirkland, they canceled their their in-person gatherings. And I remember thinking, man, that's crazy. Like, why would they do that? And they were right in the epicenter of, of this whole thing in the state of Washington. And they were meeting in a public school. So there were a whole bunch of things that were going into that. But they made the decision to cancel their gatherings. I knew something something big was happening. And then it's continued to go forward. But I remember, it, it, just, it was a shock. It's been a shock to me. It's like, all of a sudden, we're not able to gather. Um, this is the fir- for the first time in American history, the church is being restricted from gathering. It's, it's something that we've never seen before. Let that sink in for a moment. Not just here in America, but pretty much all around the world, the church is being restricted. It's not just the church, People can't gather in big gatherings in any form. But this isn't persecution. This is a global crisis. If it was persecution, (laughs) we'd be fighting it. We would. Just like the early church, they were told they couldn't meet. They were told they couldn't preach the gospel. But it wasn't out of public concern. It was because they didn't want the gospel to be spread. And they didn't listen. They said, we have to share the gospel. And so they continued, even though it was a risk to their life, they continued to share the gospel and they continued to meet. And if that was the case, if it was persecution, if it was somebody saying, Christians, you can't do this anymore, we would continue to push through that. And we would put our lives on the line for the gospel. I can guarantee you that. But the reason that, that we're not meeting is because this isn't a persecution moment. This is not, we're afraid to share the gospel. We're afraid to meet. It is not fear that keeps us in our houses today. It is love. It's love. For those who still need to go out and do essential jobs, we thank you and we pray that God would be near you and protect you and your family and your loved ones. And for those who are staying and hunkering down, you're staying home, uh, we pray that God will use this time to renew you and strengthen your family, to refocus you on what's truly important and hopefully not go crazy. (laughs) i I know that that's kind of uh yeah a given, but man, just even in our own house um, there's something that 's happened as we've not been able to have visitors and we've not been able to go anywhere. Um, we have a two year old and two six month- two six month olds, and it's like they can tell, and they're going stir crazy and we're we're feeling that, and I know many of you who are are at home um, are feeling some tensions that you don't normally feel, and so we're praying for you that through this time, God would just continue to strengthen and encourage you. But for all of us, no matter what's going on in your life, how you're feeling about all of this, the scripture for today is powerful. Um, And I don't know how this situation is impacting you personally, but I think that God is up to something. And, And I know this is true, that with every challenge we face in this life, there's an enemy who would love to use it to destroy you and a God who would love to use it to restore you. There's an enemy he wants to destroy our world. He wants to destroy souls. But in the midst of that, for those who are trusting in God, God is using this as well. He's using it to move us and challenge us in new ways. And it comes down to this. If you are really struggling today <laughs> with restrictions, with anxiety, with fear or frustrations, I have to ask you this question. Are you a sheep Are you a sheep? See, it's not a flattering image, is it? Sheep aren't very bright. We saw the video Pastor Kyle shared last week of the sheep all trying to get through the gate at once. Uh, They're not very bright. Uh, They aren't the top of the food chain. They do grow wool, which is pretty cool. Uh, But then they get it all sheared off and they look totally ridiculous. (laughs) But honestly, being compared to sheep is not a very inspirational thing. It's the kind of thing that, it's not the kind of thing that you sing pump-up songs about, right? Like I was picturing like, bum bum, 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 the eye of the sheep. Like, no, you don't hear that. That's not, we don't sing songs. It's it's, it's not a flattering image. Sheep are weak. <laughs> They're reliant creatures with no ability to really fight for themselves and definitely no ability to lead themselves. Outside of the pen, sheep without a shepherd are in trouble. So if someone called you a sheep, other than a pastor maybe, they probably wouldn't be paying you a compliment. And even, I know for some people, just, just the idea of, of identifying as a sheep is uncomfortable because you're strong and you're a leader and you don't want that persona. But when we look at scripture, on numerous occasions, we are referred to as sheep. We are referred to as sheep. And there's an important reminder in this comparison It's something that we have to keep in front of our minds to to really understand who we are in relationship to God, that we are not all-powerful, that we are not in control of our world, (laughs) that we don't even know what's right and wrong. I mean, look around our world. Every single issue has a debate right now, and we're polarized because people, we can't decide for ourselves what is right and wrong. We want to act like we're all-powerful, as humanity, we want to act like we control everything. We want to act like we are the ones who decide what's right and wrong. But really, we're more like sheep. When things like natural disasters or pandemics or a tragic loss, like the one our community experienced this week with the loss of Officer Schaefer, when these things happen, um, it, it reminds us of this fact. It's, it's not a comfortable thing, um, but we aren't in control. Uh, we, our world is feeling that right now. Everyone around the world is feeling like really out of control, and people are struggling because our the world feels that they don't have their own they don't have control anymore. And when we when the world feels out of control, it's going to cause anxiety and fear and frustration. And how could it not? From a human perspective, it makes sense. And so we come to the twenty third psalm, and as we look at it. We can be grateful that we are not sheep who are wandering around the world that we cannot control, just hoping that bad things won't happen to us. We have a shepherd. We have a great shepherd. So would you read along with me as we read through Psalm 23, and we're going to go ahead and just read through the whole thing. Because kids, I know you're you're trying to memorize it, and if you can do it from memory, great. I know some of you might have memorized a different version. This is the English Standard Version, the ESV. So, would you go ahead and just read along with me at home? It Says this: The Lord is my shepherd; I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for His name's sake. We have a choice when it comes to the circumstances in this life that we cannot control. We can be a sheep wandering around with no direction, just hoping that bad things don't happen, or we can trust the Lord and trust that he is in control and will guide us through. See, we really are like sheep in a sense, but we are way too smart for our own good, or at least we think we are, and we think we know what's best. David, who was the author of many of the Psalms, he was the author of the 23rd Psalm and he was a shepherd. He grew up tending sheep. He grew up in the wilderness, j- out alone with just his, his flock of sheep and, and he saved them. He, he got to protect them. He protected them from a lion and he protected them from a bear. He killed a lion and a bear with no gun and no knife, but with a sling. He faced a giant, not for his sheep, but for the people of God. And yet he knew that when it comes down to it, themselves of a cast down sheep and he related it to the state that our souls can find ourselves in in moments where we feel completely helpless in psalm 43 verse 5 david says this he says why are you cast down O my soul And why are you in turmoil within me? Hope in God, for I shall again praise Him, my salvation and my God. The sheep that has been cast down is helpless to save itself. The soul that is cast down cannot pull itself out of trouble. We aren't capable of saving ourselves. There's a reality to this, and people look all over for places to find the help to pull their soul out of the state of fear or anxiety or frustration. But the problem with that is we can't save ourselves, and the things that we look to end up distracting us and doing more damage. So I think in a a season like this, there are so many distractions that have been wiped out because we can't watch sports, and we can't get together. You can't go to the restaurants or the bars and hang out with friends. And so we're forced to kind of recognize the that those things aren't they're not going to save us. But we look to so many different things. Isaiah put it this way, in Isaiah fifty three, six, he says, All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned every one to his own way. See, oftentimes we aren't aware of what it is that we've trusted our soul to until those things are shaken. Even good things, even blessings from God, can become dangerous when we trust in them. Our loved ones, or our paycheck, or our health, or the supermarket, or the economy. Um, And these kinds of times reveal that reality. They reveal the state that our souls are in, that we are helpless on our own. It's uncomfortable, and no one really, they, they don't really ask for that. Nobody's asking for that. But God uses these times to get our attention and to remind us of our deep need of help. This is what made David such a special human and such a great role model. The world around us is topsy-turvy. It has been since the fall of man. It isn't the Republicans or the Democrats that have caused this. This is the result of sin in a broken world. And it's been like this since the garden. And the world all around us is struggling right now. Whether from sickness or financially or from loneliness as they're isolated, it's enough to start to get, even, even us as Christ followers, it's enough to start to weigh down. And I don't know if you felt that this week. There's a heaviness. And we really have to focus on, on the next four words of our passage in verse 3, as we move into verse 3 today. It says this in Psalm 23, verse 3. It says, He restores my soul." my soul. Four words. He restores my soul. Take a deep breath. Maybe you've been feeling the temptation to feel cast down. Not today, (laughs) okay? You're here with us. You're watching this. This is why we gather together. Even though we're not in place, this is why we do these moments is it's a moment for us to, to have our eyes lifted off of the things that we struggle with on a daily basis, even off of the tensions in your own house right now to realize not today. Today, I'm not gonna be cast down. Today is the day that God is gonna come and restore my soul. And we get to remind ourselves of who it is that is protector and savior of our souls. And that he is not shaken. He's not out of control. Even if the world around us feels like it is. That we can trust him. That he'll guide us. That he has things that he wants us to learn in this season. He has things that he wants to teach us. He has ways that he wants us to grow as family and as individual. And he wants to lead us as the, the next part of that verse goes on. It says, he leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. He leads us. He puts us on the path. He turns us up back onto our feet. He lifts the burden that we can't carry and he sets us on a path, the path of righteousness. And this path isn't for our own sake. It's not just so that we'll feel safe. It's not just for our own comfort. It's to be for his name's sake. And so when I look around our world, I think that they're desperately needing to see people who are living for, not, not our own comfort, but they're living for a bigger story. As Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life that we are to be people who are living to help point others, not to ourselves, not to Bethel Church, not to how good we are, but to his name, the name of Jesus, our savior and our shepherd, that he is the restoration of our souls, that he is the one who can lift us. I don't know what it is that's been in your life that's making you feel weighted down, but there's, there's a humility and a a rest that comes in knowing as you're laying there flailing (laughs) like a cast down sheep to simply say, I know my shepherd is good. I know he is. I know he's coming for me, and he's going to pick us up. If we trust in him, he will pick us up, and he will put us on that path of righteousness for his name's sake. This is the restoration that we have and that we can trust in It's not just the restoration of our health. It's not just a restoration of our bank accounts. It's the restoration to true life, to hope that is untouchable, a hope that is ours because of Jesus, a hope that is not touched by any doomsday predictions. So in a moment, um, we're going to sing a song, and and after that, we're going to take communion together. Even though we aren't together this morning, we're going to take communion together. So I'm gonna encourage you as the, as the band comes and sings to sing along, but as they're doing that, to prepare your elements, whether you've got juice and bread or a cracker, um, whatever it is that you have at home that can symbolize the blood that was shed for us or, and, and Jesus' body broken for us. I'm gonna invite you to go get those things. And, and we, in just a few moments, we're gonna take communion together. And we're going to remind our hearts what Jesus has done for us. See, Isaiah 53, that verse that says, we are like sheep, we've gone astray. There's this beautiful pac- passage that talks about who Jesus is and what he's done. What Years and years before he was born, years and years before he died on the cross. And this is what it says in Isaiah 53, verses four through six. It says, surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. You know what that means? That he understands whatever it is that we're going through, he understands. Yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God and afflicted. But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. Upon him was the chastisement that brought us peace. And with his wounds we are healed. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned every one to his own way. And the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. In just a few weeks we're gonna be celebrating Easter, we're gonna be celebrating Good Friday, the the time of year that we really focus on the sacrifice that Jesus made. But every week, we are invited to remind our souls of this by taking communion. Would you pray for me, Pray with me this morning? You can pray for me too, but would you pray with me this morning? Father, we thank you so much. We thank you for what you're doing in the ways that you can continue to speak hope into our broken world, that you use us, that you set us on a path of righteousness for your name's sake. God, it's not for our names. It's not so that we would be seen in our community as great people, but it's that people would know the ultimate hope of this life is you and that you came and that you took our sin and our brokenness and our shame and our grief and every pain on your body on the cross that you died for us so that by your resurrection, we could be made new and restored to life with you and ultimately eternal life with you, which is the rock of our hope, that we have hope, not just that we won't die of sickness, but we have hope in the resurrection. So I pray this morning, as, as we are gathered in our homes, but we are together in spirit, God, that you would encourage our hearts, that you would remind us in the midst of whatever comes, this, whatever comes in the future, even if all of this goes away just in a month from now, God, that this time would not be wasted, but that it would stir your people to to love and care for their neighbors and their families in a new way. And God, we just pray that you would restore our souls this morning. Whatever heaviness we've been carrying, would you lift it? Just like a good shepherd turns the sheep back uh, right side up so they can continue. God, we are like sheep in our souls and we can get cast down. And so we pray that you would just Lift that burden from us, God, and restore our souls this morning. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Brittany and the team are going to come and lead us in a song as you prepare to take communion this morning.